is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. I want to thank you for tuning in today, whether you're listening in on radio or online. Remember to check us out at voanews.com for our previous shows and podcasts. Now, this week, we continue our conversation on some of the changes taking place in Africa's film industry. Now, there's no doubt that the past decade has been one of major transformation in the industry that often lag behind their more advanced counterparts in the West. Now, we can attribute these changes to a number of factors, starting with increased access to new technologies by African storytellers, and these changes have led to more African films hitting the global marketplace. And subsequently, what that has led to is more revenue coming into the pockets of African filmmakers. In fact, a report by PricewaterhouseCoopers says that the entertainment and media sector in countries such as Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa will grow faster than the world's average, and this will be driven largely by increased internet penetration and the fact that the majority of the population on the continent is under the age of 25. Africa is the youngest continent. This also explains why major entertainment companies such as streaming giant Netflix and other global entertainment companies are increasingly investing capital in African-made programming and content. And so to continue our conversation on what all these changes mean for the African film landscape is Kenyan filmmaker Arnold Mwanjila. Mwanjila is a young award-winning filmmaker. His feature film directorial debut, Talia, is currently on the International Film Festival circuit. But before we get into the meat of our conversation today, let's understand first how this pandemic has affected independent African filmmakers like Mwanjila himself. I mean, just even how we create is, is already changed, right? Um, some of us have had to scale down productions. Um, ex- pr- some productions have become more expensive just because you have various um, regulations that you have to attend to before you can actually shoot. Um, we have to reduce the numbers, which means the work is harder. I mean, there's a lot that's already changed in terms of just actually creating something. That's the physical, technical aspect of it. Mm. Now, if you're talking about about the the, the creative bits of it, the, the process, mind, the creative sure. process of the mind, yes, for sure. I mean, I mean, I'll just I'll just use myself as a as a very good example. Um, I've, I've I recently got twins, and they're now nine months old, and I've been with them more or less this entire period and there's just so much i have seen in them and i've picked up on and there are already stories i want to tell just because i've been in this close proximity with them Mm. uh this story is probably i might or might not have gotten to them i might not even have had some ideas um but i've spent a lot of time with family and i think this is happening with a lot of artists uh they are getting to spend time with family (laughs) so so good or bad these are, I think, coming down the line, we'll see a lot more family stories, a lot more family art, art centered around family, because that's, we draw inspiration from the things around us and what we are hanging out with and what we are seeing. And I think just because we are hanging out with family a lot during this pandemic moment, we'll see a lot of those stories. We'll also see stories about that. I like that. I I like the fact that we're going to see an expose on the African family. I think most of the stories that we see about Africa. Yes. We we, yeah. we we don't usually associate it with family. They're, they're usually others, nature-related, some dramas. But just to see the the African family unit in you know in the in the eyes of a storyteller, uh, an African storyteller, I think that would be beautiful. 
now that you've and, and you've given me even more inspiration now because when, when you when you just mentioned how we really see that it's very surprising because when you're in africa you can feel the family you can feel this extended family absolutely you know us, you can yeah. feel that pressure you can feel all of that good or bad you can feel it but we haven't really thought about it in our art and in our stories and in our films I don't think we have really explored that as well as we should have. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully this pandemic will give us reason to do more of that. Because I think we try so much to do other things. We try so much to do, you know, Hollywood style movies, Nollywood style movies, Bollywood style movies. We try so much of that, but we don't look at ourselves and try from ourselves, from within. What do we have? What stories do we want? Talking of Hollywood, do you get a sense that based on some of the changes we see or some some of the changes in attitudes in Hollywood uh and the level of creativity that is coming from the continent uh in telling these distinctly african stories that we could see you know soon see a best picture from africa in the same sense as we saw parasite from south korea i hope so i hope so um I'll be I'll be a little I can be pessimistic slash realistic. I think it'll be a bit it'll take a bit longer. Um but I think I mean I've been watching a lot of African projects, a lot of African movies and man they are stunning. They are stunning. There there's a lot of good work that's coming out of this continent. I think I think our challenge and even this is for me personally is is the idea that we still need that validation, you know. That we still need that 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 sense of approval from Hollywood yeah that sense of approval from outside yeah. um it pains me but i i i want i want those things i want oscars i want i mean i'm a dreamer like all these guys i want those things so it pains me to want those things and to know that that's that's where my validation comes from right right but that be that been said that been said that i do sense a shift especially going especially as i've gone through the 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 festival the new filmmakers uh, la film festival especially going through that i felt a sense of of there's, there's been a shift with with the black lives movement and with um oscar so white movement and all those things right. like i'm seeing like i'm hearing a lot more about projects by africans and african americans and i'm and some of these projects are very personal they're very black which i love uh so i'm, I'm seeing and hearing more of that i i know in fact this year's oscar race is going to be i, th- I think the best picture race might have 2 3 uh black films you know that's that's how much of a shift that's happened i don't know whether this is just um an upswelling of 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 hey let's t- check out the black content versus truly black content rising to the top because that would be ideal mm-hmm. if it's truly just that that you know we have been pushing for these things and finally the, people have the combination of factors you 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 i i i you make a great point um yeah. i think it's a combination of factors honestly there's been a change of attitudes there's been pushing there's been campaigns and lobbying and mm-hmm. um hopefully that are uh, like you're saying it's not they're not just doing it performatively for the sake of yeah. doing it that they're doing it because mm-hmm. they realize finally that we have great stories uh, and and great storytellers coming from the continent yeah um yeah. but i think yeah go ahead i think also what 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 has helped is there's there's been a lot more inclusion um by the powers that be i suppose so there've been a lot more um 
uh, there's been a lot more diversity and uh, diversity of voices within the people who actually select these projects and see them. So I think, I think from that angle, then it's a good thing. It's 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 people who already know black content is good, just now having the power to show people the good black content. So I think that's that's a positive in in, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, we did talk about uh, Netflix earlier on and, and other yeah. streaming platforms. What would yeah. you say uh, has been that impact on African storytelling? Uh, uh, have, do you see them as game changers? Do you, I mean, we, we, we see that Netflix is already pumping $500 million dollars in uh, in Korea, just Korea. to buy Korean content yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see that? At, some point translating to you know putting some type of resources of that nature to african content yes yes i i think i think for sure they've already disrupted everything um uh one thing they've done is they've also opened up this space to other competitors and so even in kenya for instance we've got we've got showmax um, which is by Naspers, DSTV, My, Multi-Choice, the guys from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And just as a way of, of trying to fight uh, the, 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 you know, the bulldozing nature of Netflix, they've really pivoted towards a lot more local content. So if you want to see local shows, local movies, that's the place to go. Mm-hmm. And and their price point is relatively the same. So there's there's, there's that that's happening. And I, and, and I know Showmax is not just the only one. I think there's others in other different countries that are have come up. And even in India, I know, and other places like that, there's this local content that's drive that's happening. So for sure, it's already changed in, at that level. But I think, I think what they will do and what I really hope they do is bring those budget levels to bear here because one thing that we do lack on is resources to throw into you know projects that we want to tell we've got massive you know fantasy stories we want to tell we've got historical stories we want to tell we've got all these things that require a lot of money a lot of capital and a lot of resources and and while that's not just the only thing that we need we do need to keep up in our game technically I think that that's that's something that I really hope Netflix is going to come in with. Uh, I think they they do plan to do that, but finding also projects that fit their you know algorithms or whatnot might be a bit of a challenge for them, because who 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 is watching this content and who wants this to, who wants to watch this content? Because it's very easy for them to say, all right, uh, people love David Fincher. Even in Kenya, everybody loves David Fincher. I mean, not everybody. I mean, people love David Fincher, so we know David Fincher. Okay, so if he makes this movie, you know there'll be people who will watch it regardless because they love him. Uh, so, you know, I'm, this is a very basic, my basic idea of how the algorithm works. It probably doesn't work anything as close to this, but I think that's that's the idea that there's already a, there's, there's already demand for the kind of content they, are, they, they, they want to pump money into. But we haven't really seen enough content from Kenya to re, or from Africa to really give them a sense of what 
what projects they should put money into. And so right now, I think it's a lot of things up in the air, but it will coalesce at some point. Um, for the moment, there's a lot of romantic comedy stuff that's going on because at least they've seen, you know, people love watching romantic comedies in Africa. They really love black romantic comedies. So if we put, you know, Kenyans in a romantic comedy, Kenyans will watch. And it's true. Um, but there's a lot more stories beyond those romantic comedies that we want to tell. So I hope they'll be able to see that or drive or just plan on that type of originality uh, and to just try out those things and those types of stories. You're listening to Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. We are chatting with Arnold Mwanjila. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. So many of us, the youth, are being affected by uh, lack of jobs you find that uh, recently there's been graduation but you wonder where most of the graduates are going to to go after you ask yourself what's next so we need more of the hands-on if we are going to actually increase the incomes in our country and hence close up that gap we need our curriculum revised so that there is more of the vocationals and also the uh, uh there is need uh for government to do awareness uh, my name is nicholas retire income inequality yes it's a, it is a, it's a problem in our country and the only way we can we can solve it is, is by distributing resources equally to all to all the areas of the country. I'm Chiatunga Rebecca Juna. I am a Ugandan and I'm in Kampala currently. Yes, there's a lot of income inequality uh, alongside issues of gender and also issues of persons with disability. But also in terms of, of um, regions, so it's a huge challenge. However, what we can do is ensure that there is gender equality in terms of equal pay. We find that some women, especially the grassroots women, are not getting their share of income. Um, but we also find that there are challenges that will hinder them to be able to be paid efficiently. We do not take into consideration the issues of child care, there's unpaid domestic care work. But then look at also a young boy that is downtown carrying sacks on their head for only a dollar or a cent because you'll find that they'll go away with 3,000 shillings a night. So that's, that's how high it is, yeah. Uh, if they set a minimum wage bill, it means that we will be able to know that somebody can cannot be employed below this amount. But also follow up in regards to to, to issues of gender and also issues of, of of inequality. Welcome back. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. My name is Jackson Vungani. On the show with me is Arnold Mwanjila, a young Kenyan filmmaker. Arnold joins me from Nairobi, Kenya. You know, the, the thing that draws Netflix and all these platforms to, to, to the continent is that they're hoping to make money eventually. The, the content game is yeah. about money. Yeah. Um, and that, money. Like, for me, honestly, I believe that unless African uh, Africans start consuming African content and paying for it, not just consuming it uh, yeah. in our old traditional <laughs> ways, that unless the African creative gets paid for content, uh, that all these players, whether platforms, uh, streaming platforms or not, that that won't really help much. And I think the change in attitude is very important. 
for people to understand that for the African con- you know, content creators, the creatives, to be able to, to do their job is that you need to pay for what they create. I, I agree. And this is why it's been very easy for them to, to set up in South Africa and to set up in Nigeria. Because these are places where, I mean, South Africa, their the, the content and the content they create is very similar to or attempts to do what Hollywood does. But Nollywood is a totally different ballgame. They do their own thing. They've been doing it for quite some time, but they watch those things. And beyond them watching, there's, there's markets for that with, with Nigerians and Africans in the diaspora, which is, you know, another big massive market for, for, for Netflix. So, of course, it's going to be easy for them to set up in spaces like that because now there they have that track record. So it's up to us in Kenya and 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 and, and other places in Africa to, to to really look at it like that and say hey, we need to be watching our content. So there's there's I think I think in Kenya I feel as as a filmmaker I feel there's there's been an opening up towards that. More and more people are consuming local content. So I think the trajectory is only in that direction and or at least I hope so. So I'm not too worried about that. I just want it to happen sooner rather than later for my own personal sake yeah what, what would you say are some of uh, the, the 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 common themes or differences in 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 the way uh kenyan filmmakers and nigerian filmmakers i'm talking about nigeria because it's, it's the biggest film industry yeah. obviously yeah. one of the biggest in the world but on the continent yeah. Uh, but you as a Kenyan filmmaker, how different would you approach your story from a Nigerian filmmaker? So so actually, um, I've been doing some research. I, I mean, one of my biggest uh, dreams and one of the things I'm going to try with this movie is to get it to a mass audience in, in Kenya. That's, that's what I want to try doing. Um, because unfortunately for us, going to theater is a very elite thing it's for it's like it's like people who eat kfc and i mean it's it's so strange because having been in new york for a bit i'm seeing this fast food joint as you know the masses thing but in kenya it's like the cool kid goes to kfc yes you know that's it's it's uh and here we are celebrating it as you know we are finally we a global yes. market oh we man oh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're at the bottom you're at the bottom it's, it's sad but but that's that's how i feel about 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 cinema because cinema is is, is a communal thing it's a community thing people should sit together and watch it and enjoy and and if if there's anything that africa has i think it's, it's really strong communities it's, it's just you know how do we how do we make sure that they they watch this thing so i think that's 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 a big challenge and, and something and a challenge i am taking up this year to try and see what i can do uh, i will keep you posted on on my attempts for sure uh, uh, hopefully hopefully there'll be something that comes out of it but i think i think just in terms of how I, i i came up with so when i look at talia and i've been doing the research on on this marketing when i look at it i feel i feel like talia actually touches on those things that nollywood does in my mind i was definitely doing a movie that's left like that's completely opposite from nollywood when i started, when i was doing it like I, I, I don't want it to be exaggerated the way it is. I don't want it be, I don't want the witchcraft. I don't want, I don't want any of those things. But I am playing with supernatural themes. 
And so I find it's very, very similar to what these guys have been doing. Uh, and that's a positive and a negative. Uh, negative for me personally, because I thought I was doing something different and hey, you're just like everybody else. But positive in the sense of there is market for that. Mm. And not just in Nollywood, not just in the diaspora, not just anywhere else, but also here in Kenya, because I think we've grown up with all these stories and all these superstitions and all these things, especially at the coast of Kenya, where these stories come from, especially, you know, of somebody who's driving along, helps the lady uh, in, who needs a ride to go where, gets into the backseat. She has hooves for feet. You know, it's it's oh God, all these weird... Story. <laughs> yeah, it's all those, it's those stories. Those, those are the stories we've all grown up with. And I think even to some slight extent, we still, we are still governed by these stories you know when you see a black cat you still you still have that tingle or the, 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 the hairs on the back of your neck right even though you know for sure yeah it's fine there's still that so this we are still governed by these supernatural stories and i think we i'm tapping into that or at least trying to tap into that mm. i think that that will help maybe sell it earlier right. uh in terms I of guess, trying i guess to the difference with yours is just is a little more high bro than say the, your it is it that's 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 where the difference would be um it's 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 definitely an attempt to tell a story a lot more expansively and to tell the story a lot with a lot more nuance, nuance to each of the characters yeah, yeah. Uh, to each of the characters so there's a lot there's a lot more i, I packed in a lot more into the movie than i think these guys would because these guys would probably write in uh, in a day and then shoot it in three days and edit it in five and it's up you know Two weeks later, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, you know. So that's that's how fast these guys churn out some stuff. Um, that's not to say uh, Nollywood isn't doing really good work because there's tears to them, just like, I guess, anywhere. You've got, you know, the, even here we've got Riverwood is what we call it. And it's just run and gun, shoot something quick, you know, vernacular, play with the jokes that we all know about, put it up do the same, uh, second one, put it up, you know, we have those guys. And then in Nollywood, we've got people who are doing like big budget stuff too. You know, I mean, look at Lionheart, look at, you know, all these other Kunle, whatever his name, Kunle, something, something. Look at all these guys. These guys are doing like really high production, but I I can't even afford to do projects that, that at that level, you know? So, so those guys are probably attempting something similar to what I am, which is tell a deep story tell tell stories that have a touch on very many things that touch on the physical physical rawness in your tummy your gut feeling the touch on your emotional sensibilities touch on touch on your mental sensibilities um and you know talk about politics talk about colonialism talk about like all these things in very nuanced ways but still very understandable so it's it's not it's 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 pretty much it's 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 a much i think of of independent films from around the world and and storytelling from africa so it's like a kind of merge of that is is what is what i think talia is so, and um i hope i hope that just means it's open it opens up that that type of story to to wider audiences because ideally we're telling these stories for them to be seen and to be watched you're listening to Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vongani. We are chatting with Arnold Mwanjila. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Okay, my name is Baliama Oliver, the Executive Director for Karat Hero Cancer Foundation. Um, I'm also the Global Goals Ambassador in Uganda for the SDGs. Um, for income inequality, yes, to an extent it's existent. For organizations, it's not such a distinct problem because the salary scales are established, the human resource departments are actually established. So you find that if you qualify for the job, you are entitled to that income. If you are male or female, I believe it's the same. But the only problem we get is probably to the political end of it, where you have the, maybe the political figures earning quite a lot, meaning that they get quite a lot of salaries compared to these other people who could be getting very little money. What can be done? So for these prominent figures, I believe transparency is a way, is a way forward. And not only for that, the prominent figures, but for everyone. My name is Brian Nicholas Okabachi, and I work with the Youth Advocacy and Development Network, that is YADNET, a youth-led and youth-focused organization that looks at empowering young people economically, socially, uh, by transforming, through transforming their lives from, to attain sustainable development. Uh, when you talk of income inequality in Uganda, it's one challenge that I'm not so sure if we shall overcome. Because you find in Uganda is where you find the haves have a lot and continue to and continue to have more, and the have-nots have little, and even the little is being taken away from them. And I think what is causing this is the poor policies and the, political, the unfavorable political wing. That does not look at, that does not consider empowering their people that they are governing. You find that someone cannot really afford just the basic, basic medication that, that you would be having a right to access. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. My name is Jackson Vungani. On the show with me is Arnold Mwanjila a young Kenyan filmmaker, and all joins me from Nairobi, Kenya. What, what is your hope for this film in terms of the audience? I know you, you want everybody to watch it, but also yeah. we are stuck at home now. Um, yeah. What are some of the opportunities do you see out there uh, for you to be able to actually get it to a, a wider audience? Yeah, I mean, um, Netflix and this, all these guys are buying content, so for sure... I would love to have a conversation with these guys. I know I know I could have approached them directly from here, but my, I, I think I think I owe it to because I did this on a very low budget, which meant meant basically everyone is on a deferred payment schedule. So I owe it to all these guys to try and make as much money off this so I can just pay people off uh, for the work, the hard work they've done. So, um, yeah, so I'd rather they approach me from the festival circuit as opposed to me going directly to them. So that's my hope uh, through the festival circuit. Um, I mean, the good thing of what's happening now is uh, most of these festivals are virtual. So every now and then, as I put the publicity out there, people can get to watch it as well. Uh, it has opened up the, the spaces because now you don't have to physically go to LA, you don't have to physically go to San Jose, you don't have to physically go to these places Absolutely. for you to actually watch this movie. You can watch it from home and you can pay that small $10 or $5 or whatever and watch it. So I, I'm, I'm, I think the virtual festival circuit will be very good for that as well. 
but I do hope eventually to get it to everybody in everywhere. I I I, I mean, it's I, I want it especially for that. But personally, as well, just in Kenya, um, I want to I want to really try and push this movie to the masses. And this this is going to be you know mobile cinema screenings, like just old school type things that I, that that I'll, I'll I'll be attempting. So. Uh, just wish me luck on that journey. I hope they get to see it. I hope they get to enjoy it. I hope it sparks questions and conversations and more stories. That's my 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 dream eventually for this movie. And with that, we come to the end of our show today. My thanks to Arnold Mwanjila, Kenyan filmmaker. Definitely check out his film Talia, which is online right now. You can stream it. Many thanks to you, our listeners. Connect with us on our social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time as the great Chinua Chebe said until the lions have their own historians the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter I'm Jackson Vunganyi wishing you a great week ahead Africa of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up. Dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC.